This is Solidarity Wyoming. All public entities are political. We make a big mistake assuming the police are above or outside of politics. They have a political agenda. Last night in Laramie, they enforced that agenda. But they didn't do it successfully. They didn't go unchallenged. Their weakness and insecurity were on full display. We've been covering demonstrations in Laramie by residents demanding deep reforms and accountability from the Laramie Police Department and the Albany County Sheriff's Office, which is defending itself in a federal civil rights lawsuit and which still has deadly killer cop Derek Colling on the payroll. This week, in a brief lull from the regular demonstrations up and down Grand Avenue, organizers and supporters attended a city council meeting. Last week, organizers had met with the city manager. In both cases, city leaders made it clear that presumption was against change, and organizers felt like they were not being taken seriously. So although dialogue has not been completely closed off, the organizers felt that people needed to keep marching. But now that the issues become politicized, the cops, and keep in mind, there are many police forces with jurisdiction over Laramie, the LPD, the sheriff, the university's bloated police force, even the highway patrol. Well, the cops are political too, and they needed to make a statement. Even though they had been selectively enforcing the law all through the demonstrations, ignoring armed counter-protesters, one of whom drove his truck over a protester's bike trailer, the LPD decided to warn protesters to stay out of the streets with the threat of arrest. They then set the stage by turning out full throttled on the anticipated march route, accompanied by a slew of armed cops from all of their jurisdictional partners, more police than I'd ever seen up and down Grand. Not one of them was wearing a mask or any other pandemic-level protective equipment. Now, there's an important video that was put out yesterday, which we will link to in our episode description and which we'll share on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. It's an LPD officer talking to protesters. And yes, the protesters are confrontational, at times sarcastic, but in that video, the LPD officer will not commit to enforcing the law against counter-demonstrators who are violating local and state ordinances, but absolutely promises to arrest demonstrators who go into the street and ignore warnings. Well, seven people were arrested in Laramie last night and others were cited. It wasn't any kind of bloodbath, but folks here feel over-policed. We're hurting still from the murder of Robbie Ramirez last year and the lack of accountability for that. And people of all ages and backgrounds are here pressing for changes. Fewer cops in schools, a less cop-like approach to public safety, a redirection of some of the massive amounts of funding the LPD receives to social services and non-lethal crisis response, a community oversight board. You can learn about all of this by reading the local news, by looking at the posts of the Laramie Human Rights Network. On this episode, we have a couple of interviews to bring it all into a deeper context. The widespread movement for police reform here. We have an interview with Sam Miller, a March for Our Lives activist working to remove police presence and guns in schools, both of which he sees as sources of intimidation and insecurity. And then we have a follow-up 
with Laramie Human Rights Network's Timberly Vogel after the city council meeting and before the new wave of marches that followed it. If you want to see more content like this and if you want to help us keep making it available to the public for free, please consider becoming a supporter of Solidarity House Cooperative at patreon.com slash solidarityhouse. Your support ensures that we can cover Wyoming national and global politics and culture and be a resource for people here in Wyoming and everywhere looking to make a better world. It's only $5 a month and it supports our podcasts, our commune, and the organizing and artistic space we offer to progressive and revolutionary voices across the region. That's patreon.com slash solidarity house. Hello, Solidarity House listeners. This is Sarah here again. I've got another interview with a Laramie local who is working to reduce police presence in our public schools. Sam Miller is part of the local March for Our Lives chapter uh, and have been working on reducing uh, and organizing um, to reduce gun violence in schools in our local schools, uh, and also to reduce police presence in our schools, uh, and is here today to talk about those efforts. Thank you for joining us, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. So uh, if you would like to just uh, start out maybe by telling us uh, a little bit about uh, your March for Our Lives chapter, how it formed, and and the efforts, and um, what you know, what you guys have worked on thus far. Uh, mm-hmm. Just give us a little background. Yeah, so March for Our Lives is a national organizing group that um, was founded after the Parkland shooting in 2018. Um, it started with really massive demonstrations across the country. Um, and since then, it's become an organization that's extremely widespread. Um, and it, I think does a really good job of addressing local needs in communities and working on community organizing. Um, so we've had a chapter in Wyoming for a little over a year now, and we've been focused a lot on working at the state legislature to ensure that gun laws work in a way that will allow people to both have their civil liberties and be able to defend themselves, but will also not put students at risk. Uh, so we pushed a bill with um, Senator Chris Rothfuss to add a waiting period on handguns because Wyoming has one of the highest suicide rates in the nation. We're second. Um, and waiting periods have been shown to decrease suicides um, and as well as homicides by giving people an extra chance, you know, to, to think about what they're doing before they um, commit. We also did a bunch of lobbying against um, some gun bills that were intended to eliminate gun-free school zones, which would allow anyone with a concealed carry permit, which is not particularly hard to get in Wyoming, to walk into schools with a firearm. Uh, so, yeah, we spent a lot of time lobbying against that. And we've also just kind of been involved in community outreach and working um, to try and support uh, mental health and suicide awareness in town, uh, things like safe storage. Um, yeah, and then now we're working now because obviously of everything that's going on across the country on um, police brutality and re- reducing police presence in schools. Since fundamentally, when you have a police in school, you're bringing all of the problems the police in um, bring into our communities and putting that in a concentrated area where students are supposed to feel safe. So 
that's been our uh, focus for the last little bit as um, obviously nationally the um, there's been huge pushes to reduce police presence in communities and in schools. Right on, yeah. So at the beginning of your answer, uh, you said um, the Wyoming March for Our Lives. So is that is it a statewide chapter or specifically a, a Laramie chapter? Yeah, so we only have one chapter in the state. It's, there's, it's only in Laramie. Um, so it's, I guess it's kind of both because we're, we're considered statewide by uh, the way the national organizing structure works, but there's only one chapter in the state. Um, there are basically two major means of police presence in schools uh, here in Albany County. The first one is the school resource officers, which we basically, that basically means we have a permanent police presence in our schools. And the second is uh, they do canine drug searches where they bring in the drug dogs and then they search the school with officers. Uh, that's run by the uh, sheriff's department mostly. So neither of these really foster a learning environment where students can feel safe and like the school is working for them. Fundamentally, the point of education is to allow students to achieve success in life and set them up to um, be successful going out of high school. And when you have cops in office, uh, cops in schools, whose the fundamental purpose of police is to prosecute and to criminalize activity, you're changing the reason schools exist from trying to foster a learning environment and help students into one where you're um, being punitive and you're potentially putting students into a justice system that will fail them and will make it them enable to hold jobs in the future. And one that is fundamentally just designed uh, to prevent success of anyone who's made a mistake um, in life. So I don't think anyone, well, not anyone, but most students do not feel safe with the school resource officers there. They're there um, to not really to protect students, but to punish students for things like drug use that well, obviously that's not a constructive thing to have going on in schools and we should try to eliminate that. We shouldn't be criminalizing students and putting 16-year-olds into a justice system that doesn't function um, when they're that young and for making a mistake as a teenager. So, and, you know, there are, we see cops at the high school every day. They're a constant presence. Uh, like I said, they're permanently there. And it really just, it creates an environment where it doesn't feel like as a student, the school is wanting to work with you. It's one where the school is wanting to punish you. And um, it, it's clear that mistakes that might be made by teenagers are going to be um, pursued with the law instead of students working or staff and teachers working to address the reasons why students are making those bad choices. I think I must have just missed uh, the... Uh uh you know that sort of wave of like hey let's bring cops into schools uh yeah. in, in my particular high school experience um although i do remember that there were a few times when we had uh drug drug searches um what what's what is it like when that happens is that something that happens like do they is it does it happen during like do they bring the dogs in do they does that happen during school hours or like what is that what does that look like yeah so it's it's really weird because we've become so used to it because it's they're relatively common. I mean, we must have at least five or six a year. Um, and basically what happens is the cops show up and then they initiate like a lockdown protocol. So students are in their classrooms and can't leave, um, which on some level I think is good because it means that there's no interaction between police and students, which we definitely want to mitigate as much as possible because police are not, um, people who are going to necessarily behave in a way that will make students safe. Um, so 
yeah, then we're just in our classrooms for however long it takes, which is normally like 10 minutes um, as they go through. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what they do, obviously, but they go around the school with the drug dogs and yeah, see if they find anything. I guess how often do they find something and is that something that the the like students are are aware of like you know whose whose locker things were found in I guess if a student is then absent the next day that seems like a pretty <laughs> pretty good giveaway um, but yeah. it seems like maybe a, a potential problem just as far as you know okay so then everyone knows that you know the cops found drugs in so-and-so's locker or what have you? Yeah, I mean, I think there are always rumors, but I'm not sure they're always very substantiated by anything meaningful. I, you know, the drug searches are so quick. They're over in like 10 or 15 minutes, which makes me think that they often don't find anything because uh, if they were to, I think it would take much longer because they'd have to make sure that they collect evidence and things like that. But yeah, I mean, there are always rumors, you know, so-and-so had such and such in his locker. But um, yeah, I don't think that they're, I'm not sure if that's information that's particularly accessible because it has to do with uh, student privacy, but I'm not, I don't know how successful they are, but I would guess that they're not particularly, um, they don't find things very often. I mean, and that's, that's good. I guess that's, you know, we don't, uh, that's kind of why I asked that question. Like, you know, you would uh, hope that, you know, people's mistakes or people's, uh, you know, poor choices aren't just like broadcast for the entire entire community, yeah. entire school community to... Uh, you're working specifically on, you said, uh, you know, reducing police presence in the schools. What uh, what strategies or tactics um, are are you working on? Or is, you know, March for Our Lives uh, working on uh, to achieve those goals? Yeah, so, I mean, I think working on any remotely progressive activism in Wyoming and particularly in Albany County where we have such um, broad differences in opinion between like we have people here that are extreme leftists and we have people here that are um, outright which I think makes organizing here very difficult because there's such a dichotomy between the people associated with the university and the people associated with traditional ranching um, so we typically start smaller and ask for relatively um, modern reasonable things that we think we can get um i don't want to go we're still finalizing our organizing strategy so i don't want to go into it too much but um yeah i think we're going to ask for some more moderate things that will reduce police presence to start with and will increase student privacy and increase the safety of the learning environment and then um depending on how that goes we'll continue to try and get cops out of schools if at all possible now i did notice that somebody had shared a petition the other day do you want to talk uh, a little bit more about that so i'm not involved in um organizing that but i have seen it and um i, I do know who put that together um it seems yeah it's like another laramie high school i think is an interesting environment um because laramie in general is so we're always going to be shadowed with um, what happened to Matthew Shepard and the fact that we have people in this community who um, are, will target um, queer people and will target um, people of color. So I think it's really important that as an education system, we work to make as safe an environment as possible because fundamentally what we teach our kids in schools is going to be what um, they're going to come out with and how they're going to behave in uh, 
in the real world. So I think it's a really good idea. Um, I don't think that they do nearly enough to address Wyoming and Laramie's legacy of hate crimes. Um, and yeah, they're also calling on that petition to reduce police presence, which um, like we've talked about extensively is really important for promoting student safety. So yeah, I think it's a really great, a really great um, idea and something that I hope that the school administration will take seriously and will work to improve educational curriculum and will work to make sure that we foster uh, a safe community. Um, I think also like we've seen some stuff with the last few years in uh, high school and middle schools where uh, last year at a Cheyenne school, they were passing out um, anti-LGBTQ propaganda that was basically um, you know, invalidating people and they were passing that out through the school system and the administration really took no action there to do anything to foster a safer community for um, queer students. So I think it's really important that Laramie High School be a front runner on that and really make sure that everyone feels welcome and that we um, reduce as much as possible Wyoming's very long legacy of hate crimes and intolerance. The school board resolution that mandates the drug searches just like authorizes a cooperation and doesn't talk about where the funding's mm -hmm. coming from. So that's probably an agreement that's been worked out between the school or the school board and the sheriff's office. But yeah, I think especially if they're, the school district is paying for those searches when our arts programs are severely underfunded, when extracurriculars people are having to raise their own money to go and participate in like national events that they've worked extremely hard for for clubs is really an insult because it's a clear case where the school is going to keep prioritizing criminalizing students over bettering them and supporting their education in their future um, and additionally with that like we're in huge need of school psychologists and mental health resources wyoming like i said is one of the highest suicide rates in the nation and we're not doing nearly enough to address that at the high school level. So instead of paying for these drug searches and these SROs, our, what really should be happening is um, our school board and our city government should be working to create resources that will actually help students and will um, prevent things like drug use, prevent suicide, um, before you have to involve law enforcement in in those incidences. I would just like to say thank you and also uh, give you an opportunity to share if there's any ways that community members um, can can support your organizing efforts uh, or if there's anything that you would you know like to like to see from the surrounding community uh, as regards yeah. police and schools. Yeah, please just write your uh, write the school board members. All of their contact information is available online and tell them that you don't want cops in schools. I think, unfortunately, um, and one of the biggest restraints of youth activism is that the school board is going to be much more receptive to the voices of parents and just adults in the community than they are going to be to the students in the, um, that are actually facing these um, officers and these drug searches every day. So the more adults, I think, that are willing to just write those emails and just say, I don't want, I don't want cops in the schools where my kids are going or when I have kids, my kids are going to go into that system, I think is a, a really good way to show that the community is behind uh, removing law enforcement as much as possible from schools. Yo!
yeah, I mean, it was um, a little disheartening to hear, um, you know, just the obvious uh, disdain and, 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 and I think I felt like the council members made it abundantly clear, especially from their email responses throughout the week. Um, they weren't really open to having a dialogue about it, at least a constructive one. And um, yesterday that was made evident just by, um, you know, giving extra time to to people that were ultimately like um, disagreeing with with what we were asking for. And so I expected a little bit more. I expected like something to be said, I guess, that was um, constructive, uh, you know, enlightening or, or um, implied that that this was something that they were going to take seriously. And I felt that they were just, um, you know, still considered us not their constituents and, and people that they ne- needed to listen to, especially when you hear Joe Shumway, um, you know, say that us cheering and, and, and um, being outside is, is intimidating to people who might have alternative views. And it's like, you know, if those people have alternative views, they, they could have come to this meeting as well. They can call in and, and to say that we're intimidating them is like, who, what? Like, that's, what do you think on the other side of that? And also, why are you concerned with comments not being made? You know, like we're here, we're making these comments. You should only be concerned with listening to that, even if you don't agree with it. Right. Instead of being concerned that like alternative views are being uh, hindered or, or, or overshadowed because uh, there's a pe- there's people in support for what we're saying. You know, that was just um, really disheartening and um, and frustrating to deal with. But um, I don't know. I, I you know, I, you can't expect too much, especially like this is the first meeting. But it was um, it's also infuriating. Like no one seemed to know the budget. No one seemed to like, you know, you, there was always like oh, this, this is wrong. Like you're wrong about the budget, and, but I haven't seen the budget or looked at it. And it was like, you know, city councilmen just, just were unprepared and, and didn't really have any of their information, um, together or coherent or anything like that. And, um, we're still waiting on the annual reports to be released. They said that the 2017 would be released today. I don't think it has been. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was great to, um, be able to, you know, speak in front of them and show them that we're serious about this. Jessica Stalder, like citing that ambulance incident and then it like being immediately rebuked by someone who actually saw like us part the seas, you know, when the ambulance came through, that was, you know, that silence is deafening and, and, and many of them either didn't speak at all or, or just had like snide remarks as their one whip it. And, and, that was just inappropriate and unprofessional in my opinion. You know, you have a group of people out here uh, and, and Stalder highlighting young people who are young activists out here who, um, you know, they just don't even want to give the time of day to or the respect. Um, that's what I tried to center my, my three-minute spiel on of like, we've been seeing these email responses all week and, and you all have already made up your minds that you're one, not going to even consider defunding the police, but two, you're not even willing to, to listen and, and, and listen to your constituents. It, even if you know what that, you know, you're not in favor of that personally, ultimately, like we're, we're paying your bills. You have to listen to us. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, that was really difficult to, it was, it was, I'm really glad that we got to do it. I'm really glad that we 
were inside and and they didn't have a choice of disregarding us or writing us off in a passive aggressive email but um you know no doubt there is definitely um we're just gonna have to you know I, I had high hopes of of going into their space and like doing things how they wanted to be done but ultimately if you're gonna treat us like that and disrespect us and and especially just treat you know just not be consistent um we're gonna have to just go about this in our own way you know be a little creative about moving forward stalder's presentation was a mess um outside of the grammatical errors that just were muddled throughout it um you know he was the tone in it and his presentation it was just super passive aggressive super um belittling you know it's definitely like from my perspective it was like you guys don't know what you're talking about and and here's all this information and and um, you know, it was great because it had like some of the information that the annual reports would have had, like the use of force for the past six years. And um, so that was like really beneficial for us to see. But the rest of it was just sort of him um, reassuring his his stance and his police department by um, really just highlighting like and, and exposing that, um, you know, police are held accountable by police uh in a if, under a different name you know what i mean and 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 um and further it was it was like we have these we it, i mean it's it, it was it was super educational because i don't really think that he realized that it everything in his defense like that he was defending um with was problematic and things that were going against you know i think people get caught up on, on on defunding the police like that's our whole uh, that's our whole spiel and it's not true it's um you know we have a problem with only 20 percent of the officers on this force being cit trained um and then having the option of going into uh alternative trainings that are significantly less uh, comprehensive and and just shorter um and you know and, and, and hi, he had a whole thing about eight can't wait and and sort of just saying, you know, why it wasn't relevant. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, it's hard to, you know, we have this network of people that are organizing, but, like, everyone in Laramie has access and uh, has the ability to talk to these politicians. And so I don't know. We have never stated or, or went for eight can't wait. I honestly, like, it's not... Um, it's not what we're advocating for. Yeah, it's never been. And it's, it's insufficient. And, um, you know, he definitely went off on his high horse of, like, each one of these, you know... Yeah, we've done these, or we've already, and, and it's like, okay, that's fair. I don't know who offered that up to you, but can you listen to what we're saying? You know what I mean? Like, listen to what we're actually asking for. And, um, yeah, so it sort of was just like, um, you know, a pat on his own back of like, look at all these, look at all these trainings and information. And ultimately, you know, part of what we're asking for is like, yeah, I, I would have loved to have that training information and, and like your use of force policy, like make it accessible. You know what I mean? If these things exist you know part of our thing is just the, like we have no way of knowing it right and we have no access to it and and if the police force is so is so top notch you know is is doing all these best practices then you shouldn't have any problem you know releasing this information and making it fully accessible so right right and and yeah so it was like it was an educational PowerPoint just because one it had the use of force stats that we needed in it and it broke down um, the training or lack thereof that some of the police go through but um, the tone you know the the 
the you know I, I felt like every everyone was just um repeating this this essence of like you all don't know what you're talking about whether that's with the training whether that's with the budget whether that's with whatever it was very much like um you guys don't really know and and that was super embarrassing to like have someone be like uh the budget what you're saying about the budget is wrong and and this was jane pierce i think what you're saying about the budget is wrong but i haven't looked at the budget and i don't know what is in it either and uh, yeah just like sort of shooting themselves in the foot of like you've had three weeks to first like know what we're talking about and then like you've had this meeting scheduled for even longer than that Mm -hmm. and so the least you could do is like skim over the budget before we like five o'clock you know what I mean um and so yeah it was it was telling of how you know seemingly discombobulated our city um officials where it is in their priorities yeah yeah and that's yeah it was like from the beginning you know Janine Jordan harping you're gonna have to go through the logistics for change and for her for that to be her leading statement to us um they haven't ever taken us seriously or considered us um you know their constituents and that's like I thought yesterday would um legitimize that and help that and I hope it did but definitely wasn't shown in that meeting or from a tone of anybody that was there i don't know where the idea or assumption came from that we're just trying to completely like abolish the police overnight um but they're just gonna have to like listen and and i hope that they have the video from last night on repeat because we had some really great testimonies um being shared that had a lot of insight into one things that we are actually concerned with and then trying to talk about you know um negating that stupid boomerang article from joel funk that that tried to um yeah just like discredit us um and so yeah i hope that they can like break away from one depending on the boomerang and all these news media sources to like say our words you know what i mean and i and i hope it's um i hope it motivates them to listen more to these people you know you can come out to these demonstrations you can host a an accessible forum Your support on patreon.com slash solidarityhouse ensures that we can deliver this content to the public for free.